Hey guys, it is Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. It is a new year, so how about a new you? That's right, how about some new clothes from Leon Tailoring? Something ready-made, something custom-made, or something tailor-made. No matter what it is that you're looking for, they can put it together for you at Leon Tailoring. Or maybe you have goals to lose some weight and the clothes don't fit as well as they used to. Well, Leon Tailoring can take care of that. Or maybe you gained a couple of pounds over the holiday season. Well, Leon Tailoring, they can take care of that too. Notice the pattern here, Leon Tailoring, they can sort of take care of everything. So swing on by Leon Tailoring, say hi to Larry, Kim, and Judy, and tell them Abdul Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware and downtown Indianapolis. Uh, another week down for us. Uh, I think uh, this week was a kind of a lesson for some of us in uh, how things are going to go for the rest of the session. Uh, I found myself trying to figure out why we were uh, dealing with a lot of these issues that I thought were going to be, you know, this is supposed to be that quick. We're not going to be here for a long time. We're not going to hear about guns or abortion or anything. And all they keep coming up. Well, now I understand. I kind of forgot it was an election year. So we're going to continue, continue to see these pieces of legislation pass. Uh, partisan legislation, in my opinion. And unfortunately, the citizens of the state of Indiana are going to be worse off because they're going to have to deal with it for at least a year until the election's over. Um, so what I'm what I what I think what's frustrating for me is that we as Democrats come up with good pieces of legislation that just by getting up and saying, hey, I, you know, the one today about the Senate minority leader and the House minority leader shouldn't get a an appointment of a lay individual to a task force. I, I asked my colleagues on the other side, where where'd that kind of ideology come from. I thought we were going to prove to the people out in Washington, D.C. that we could be bipartisan. I mean, giving me giving me an appointment and fill an appointment on a committee of 16 people does what? I, I don't know. But we're not even getting that kind of stuff done. So it's getting a little frustrating, but I have a I have an optimistic approach to the second half because I think is, as I said in the beginning of the session, uh, I think there's going to there's going to be some situations where bills that come from over here are not going to go anywhere in the House. And I think the vice versa is going to happen over here. So uh, pretty much the same thing that we've been dealing with for the first two weeks we're dealing with this week. And I'm just looking forward to seeing what happens in the second half. On the issue of IREED, uh, 10 years ago, the pass rate was 91%. Now it's like 81%. Uh, instead of spending money and resources, shouldn't you folks maybe go back and look at what you did maybe 10 years ago? Maybe 20 years ago? Uh, listen, I don't profess to have the magic wand to tell you why our children could read better then than what they read now. Has the test changed? There's a lot of factors that, that go into that. But what I can tell you is that this state has continuously decided that it's better to fund voucher assistant programs than traditional public schools. I mean, it, it, everybody, you know, my colleagues on the other side that I always talk about, we've increased funding for K through 12 education every year. Okay, inflation increases every year, but you've increased one program by 75% and other programs by 5%. And I, I, what I'm saying is we public schools actually train and help read uh, as far as the number goes, 90 percent of our children. Yet they are still lacking in the type of resources. We know that this is was coming down the pike. We just did nothing about it. And I think it has a lot to do with where we spend our money. I didn't ask them to spend more. But I definitely didn't ask them to spend 75 percent increase for one program and a 5 percent increase for the other one. 
Dedicated lanes. Uh, <laughs> uh, I challenged my colleague, uh, Senator Freeman, to drive up Meridian Street with me. Um, unfortunately, Senator Freeman doesn't live in the district where any of these, uh, where Senate Bill 50, he doesn't even represent those people. He does not represent Irvington. Let me repeat that one more time. He does not represent the people of Irvington. Senator Hunley does. The people of Irvington want this project to be completed. And he is correct about one thing. This is an infrastructure project. He knows it's an infrastructure project. The community knows it's an infrastructure project. And the state knows it's an infrastructure project. He wants to boil it down to dedicated lanes versus uh, 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 shared lanes. We have shared lanes now. Have you driven down Washington Street between 3 and 5 in the afternoon and seen a bus stop on the right-hand side and somebody dart in front of you because they're trying to get around the bus? That's not public safety. So maybe he doesn't care about public safety. I do. Senator Hunley definitely does. I haven't figured it out yet, but I'm going to keep digging to find out why he's so adamant about this. There was a safety study done that showed that when you have dedicated lanes, you have less. And look at Meridian Street. I, I Again, I will take him up and down Meridian Street and I'll ask him, does it seem congested to you? Because it's not. It's not. You can drive down. I can make it from my house on 38th and Delaware to downtown Indianapolis quicker on Meridian Street than I can on Capitol. What's you promised something coming on Monday. Yeah. Can you give us a sneak preview of what that might be? He, he just needs some more facts and understanding of what the project really is about. I think that Senator uh, Senator Freeman, God bless him, he's, he's still living back in the days when he was on the council. Uh, you know, he didn't care about public safety, or at least the people that, that supported him didn't care about public safety when they put those electric car charging stations out there, did it? Right in the lane with the buses. You know, this, I have no idea, or I had no idea why it's, this would be such a tough issue for him until I started looking into the fact that he doesn't even represent the district. So at that point, it makes you curious, right? Like, why would you want to be a part of some, uh, stop some program project that's going in somebody else's district? Well, you know, he, he just, let me say, I think that Senator Freeman has a problem with certain projects because certain people don't want those projects. Senator Taylor, on the amendment portion where they're going to be studying no turn on red, there's now a moratorium until 2025. I believe his original bill would have like made them take all of the ones they put down back up. Do you feel like that's a slight win? What's your take on the situation? That's a compromise. That's a compromise. I mean, Let's be let's be clear about it. He, he has the ability over here at the Indiana General Assembly to actually change the ordinances that we pass in the city of Indianapolis. And I thought that was a compromise that, uh, you know, he said he would just study it. And I, I, you walk yourself into a trap there, though. But, you know, if you study right hand turns, you know, it's dangerous when you have right hand turns because people can't see. So. When look at the, when look at Houston today was asked about this and, and said that he'd like to see on the dedicated lanes and all this other stuff, maybe wait until next year and have a more comprehensive road funding conversation. But he also hinted that he'd like to maybe see the state take over Meridian and Washington. Do you think that would do you think that's where this is going to end up? No, you don't think the state's going to take over those two streets? No. Why not? I mean, I could see a lot of Republicans in this building voting for that. 
they want they want to spend state taxpayer dollars to maintain a road in Indianapolis. That's certainly what Houston seemed to indicate. I disagree with that. I think that his I think a lot of constituencies from these members in this general assembly would have a problem for that. Problem with that. On the issue of uh, whether it's bus lanes, whether it's no turn on red or whether it's even the the economic development district, uh, do you think uh, Senate Republicans like Indianapolis or local government for that matter? I think that, I, you know what, with all due respect to, to some of my colleagues, some colleagues think we're the 12th worst city, uh, what do you say, 12th most dangerous city in the state of Indiana. Some some of my colleagues think that they can't walk downtown. I, I, you know, I think some of them do, but I think some of them just don't understand. I mean, we've got 600,000 people just in the, the non-metropolitan area. Uh, we are the engine that keeps Indiana roaring. If you don't believe me, just check the numbers, how much money we actually produce for the coffers for the state of Indiana. A vibrant downtown is a vibrant state. Um, I think the governor said that. Hmm. Um, we, we are the engine. Now, should we be getting more than what the other communities around the state get? Absolutely not. But should we be contributing that much more either? I mean, if they want fairness, I'm all about it. You know, what you find, you keep. Okay. And so, but I don't think that's the way the Hoosiers want to have it. And I don't think they're going to, a lot of this stuff is just, uh, it's, it's, it started out this way. And like everything else, second half, it reveals itself what the true, uh, what the true reason for it was, and I think that that's what's going to happen in the second half. The state government versus Indianapolis fight is usually kind of an annual thing. Do you feel like this year it's kind of come to a head, and if so, why? I don't think that there's a fight between Indiana and the city of Indianapolis. I think there's a fight this year in 2024 with uh, politics. Listen, I was talking to a colleague, a former colleague of mine about this the other day. And he asked me a question about whether or not I would meet with, with Jim Banks, right? Jim came in with me and uh, Senator, who was it, Senator Yoder, Senator, there was a, quite a few of us. Oh, uh, the guy who ran in Marion that was Congressman Stutz Marlin. And I said to him, I said, what happened? What happened uh, to him in D.C.? Because quite frankly, it's not dangerous for me to meet with Jim Banks. It's dangerous for Jim Banks to meet with me. When I met with Todd Young, it was like, I was like, man, we, we have so much in common. We, we care so much about Hoosiers that I was like, man, I, you know, you really make sense. Dick Luger was the senator for everybody. It didn't matter if you were Democrat, Republican. Julia Carson had the same thing. When there was a presidential inauguration, and the Republican won, Julia Carson gave her tickets to Republicans. That was how we used to do business. Now we've gotten to the point where if you're a Republican and you hang out with a Democrat or you try to support a Democrat, you get, you know, you get kicked out. And I think that's what we're seeing. This is a polarizing um, election. We're going to see it play out. You still got several states you're going through. And I think these guys are trying to protect their turf so that they don't have primary challenges. I mean, listen, some of the bills that I'm seeing from some of these legislators, it's just like, wow, are you just going for your third house meeting or are you really trying to get this passed? Speaking of uh, politics, uh, any thoughts on what's going on down south with uh, Jamie Noel, Cloud County Sheriff, Cloud 
Former Clark County chairman. Nope. Don't know anything about the guy. I just wish you the best of luck. And hopefully he, you know, that was a lot of money, though. I mean. Five million dollars. Yeah, five million dollars is a lot of money. Back to what you were just speaking about when it comes to how it seems like things have changed. Do you feel like that's coming from any leadership or where do you feel like that's coming from? No, I think that's coming from fear. I mean, listen, there's no there's no doubt that when you go through a process like they have to go through in their primaries, seeing who can go farthest right, that that's a scary proposition, man. I mean, you know, some of the things that they have to do and they have to vote on or propose, I mean, it just, you know, not... There's a legislator who's proposing not being able to transport people to the polls for free. And his reason is because they don't want one city to have a different advantage than another city in voting. Okay. Where did that come from? I mean, that's been consistent. I mean, so Marion County, we get what uh, Hamilton County gets. We get what Hancock County those are the types of things that just kind of make me say, hmm. And then we have legislation that wants to uh, decide whether or not, you know, universities can actually teach diversity and change the names from minority to underrepresented people. I mean, this is all about primaries. And, you know, if we, if we stay, if we started this session after May, I don't think you would see those bills. The Senate Commerce Committee today and Technology Committee today passed a bill on the IDC you know, oversight measures of like land disclosures over 100 acres and adding two, just two uh, lawmakers. Who, who gets to appoint those lawmakers? Speaker and Senate person. Oh. Yes. Oh, so okay. Just two. But okay. Um, those particular oversight measures or oversight of the IDC in general, like, do you think that that measure goes far enough, basically? Let me make it very clear. No, because they don't have anyone appointed by the Senate minority leader and the House minority leader. This is the kind of stuff, this is the kind of rhetoric that that gets things in trouble. Now, I believe that we should have some oversight or at least have some knowledge of what's going on. As a matter of fact, our caucus has met with the IADC recently. So we have some information that we never had before. But when you leave the minority group out, you, you that actually sends a message that only they should have knowledge of what's going on at the IEDC. And I have no idea why that's happened. I actually asked the author about it. Um, hopefully we can get some amendments on the floor. We'll see again why they would leave me and Phil out of the discussion when it comes to having appointments to that. And they're non-voting members, by the way. So what's the damage by having us at the table? Maybe it's because we're on the menu. Yeah, there's also the <laughs> land notification, like telling the county or the municipality when they're going to buy more than 100 acres before they actually close on the purchase. How about one acre? When I was working at the Department of Commerce, we never took down land. But this body authorized them to have a land acquisition fund and a deal closing fund. Now, from what we were told, when they buy the land, they have an agreement with the company that if the company comes, the company will buy the land back. But I asked the question about what if the company doesn't come? Then is the state in the real estate business? I still don't have an answer. I don't know why we would want to think about. They say it's to help the deals close quicker. It's because companies don't want to deal with 16 landowners and blah, blah, blah. 
Well, listen, I used to do economic development, okay? I, one of the largest projects we've ever had in the state of Indiana, actually myself uh, and Eric over in the, uh, the fiscal analyst for, this, uh, for the House Democrats worked on the Toyota project. I get it. But there were ways, if we could come up with creative ways back in the early, I mean, the late 90s to fix that issue with timing, I'm sure they can too. I think this was about taking down land that they knew or at least that they anticipated it's going to be on the market. I think, however, it's going to backfire if one of those companies ever decides to pull out because we should not be in the real estate business. Uh, I wanted to ask you more about the politics thing that you referenced to Brittany's question earlier about uh, dedicated lanes and whatnot. A lot of the people who support things like the downtown economic district and the dedicated lanes are themselves Republicans. I agree. It isn't just Democrats. So how do you square that? Well, I'm talking about in this body. See, because when you want to talk about a city, right, this is about his ability to actually get the get the bill heard and get the bill out of committee and get on the floor and discuss it. He has the power politically to get that done here at the state of Indiana. The politics is the politics versus the state in the city. Democrat council. He used to serve in the Republican minority for the majority for a few years. Don't forget, but in the minority. And then he comes over here as in the supermajority. So, of course, he's got it's politics. If that was did, did you see those kind of bills come out of this body when when uh, the Republican was the mayor of the city? Did you ever see those kind of bills? Speaks for itself. Even when they decide to buy some electric cars and put them in the middle of the street. We didn't even stop them from doing that. Well, I believe the bill that enabled the vote in the first place was while Ballard was in office, right? So yeah. That was... So we actually subsidized that move, which cost the taxpayers about seven, eight million dollars. Do you guys see those cars anymore? I, did you buy one? I did not. Abdul did. He just, we couldn't fit in it at the time. <laughs> no, it's just, it's, that's what happened. I think it's a, uh, I think it's a travesty what he's doing. You can't get it done. I mean, the EED is a different, another example, you know. And here's the thing. On the on the bus rapid transit, our taxpayers agreed that they wanted it. So you're actually taking their representation away by saying, no, you can't have it. A, a, a rapid transit bus from the airport that stops downtown and goes over to Irvington. Hmm. Senator Bray said the reason why is because since the General Assembly enabled the vote to create bus rapid transit, um, the General Assembly can weigh in again now on whether it should be allowed. Yeah, they would be allowed to have bus rapid transit. I agree with them. But they allowed us to have bus. This is not about bus rapid transit. I think people would misconstrue This is not about having bus rapid transit. This is about one person wanting dedicated lanes I mean, more than shared lanes versus dedicated lanes. He is not an engineer. He is not an NDOT person. He is not somebody. Do you under, he will tell you this is about whether or not the lanes are correct. This is not about authorizing bus rapid transit. If they want to have that, that argument, we can have that argument. I mean, that's fine. But authorizing something doesn't mean you get to you get total oversight of it. The federal government authorizes us to operate. Does that mean that they can come in and tell the state what to do? No, they set, they say, hey, these are the policies. You can be more stringent if you want, but you can't be less stringent. So 
we get to do what we want to do. Federal government gives us money for roads, right? They don't they don't set the policy that we come up with for use of the money. We do that. So All right, y'all have a good weekend. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.